All right, so this is Electric Skatecast episode four. Um, I am Jay Grand GR. With me, as always, is official Terminal X. And we also have uh, Joe Eskate with us from Chicago today. How you guys doing? Thanks for taking the time to be on here, Joe. Yeah, thanks for having me. You said uh, for me. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously with the, the quarantine and everything that's going on, uh, Joe's uh, videoing in with us, so that way we're able to get his audio on the, the channel with us. Um, we're basically just going to be asking Joe some questions about his experience with eSkate um, as a group coordinator for Chicago, um, as well as some of his opinions about things that have been going on in the uh, eSkate community. So let's do this. Yeah. So we're yeah. looking forward to it. Um, so I guess just to get started, Joe, uh, how did you get started in eSkate? So I had been longboarding since high school and continued through through most of college and when I started to go to work I was going to college at Loyola University in Chicago and I was working downtown in the loop which is about like an eight and a half nine mile commute yeah it's pretty and I was far. taking my longboard <laughs> yeah it's pretty far so I was taking my longboard most of the time and it was great except I'd show to work show up to work soaked yeah it's like drenched in sweat and exhausted and I'd like through almost the need a shower. Yeah, exactly. And it was like sort of like a white collar job at the time. So I was in like sometimes a suit and stuff like that. It was not ideal. I'll tell you that wow. much. And so I saw somebody with a uh, Z board of all things. Do you guys remember that one with the pressure pads on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really weird board. Completely gone now. But... I started to look into electric boards after that, and I found the unique Ego, which oh, yeah. went 12 miles an hour. Yeah. It had a single drive belt motor. It was definitely a piece of history. <laughs> yes. Complete hunk of junk. You could control it with like a slider remote or on your cell phone if you wanted to die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think I bought one of those secondhand got it for like $250 or something because I think the guy before me ate it like hurt himself and was like never again <laughs> so I bought it for him for cheap tried that thing out and it was amazing for what it was because it could you know go like 12 15 miles an hour which is about as fast as I could kick and it was great but then other stuff sort of came around and I think from there, I went to like a Metro board. Oh, yeah. Because the range wasn't very good. Like it was pretty much dead by the time I got to work, I think. Right. Or it didn't even make it all the way. Right. I think and it then didn't it probably even had make like a four, four or five hour charge time. Yeah. It took like the entire day of work to get it charged to make it. No, it made it halfway to work and I would kick it the rest of the way, which wasn't that bad <laughs> because it was like sorted downhill after that. And right. it was only a single drive. So there wasn't that much resistance. <laughs> and then uh, and then it would make it about halfway home after charging the entire like eight to nine hour work. My uh, gosh. Yeah. So but from there, it's better than kick pushing. Like, it was 100% better than kick pushing. It was so amazing. And I can't believe how much I loved the board at the time. Because right. if you trotted that thing out now, I would just tell you to throw it in the. <laughs> like it was so bad it was, it was so basically bad. a toy compared to what we have now which is like actual transportation yeah 
it's crazy, which makes me think in the next like 10 years, what is it going to be? But anyways, uh, then I got a Metro board and it was also single drive, but it had a 40, no, it had a 20 mile battery, Yeah. which Metro board, like the range statistics are actually the range statistics. Like, yeah, well, they're, 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 that's what they're known for is like massive range. Like their board doesn't have like the most refined touring system of like turning and things like that but their range is insane yes yes that is exactly correct and the guy like doesn't bs anybody like he tells pretty much the correct stats it's not like with a hundred pound rider the wind on your back right yeah right type of thing and that board was really fun it was like 41 inch stiff maple wood deck the remote was a little strange it was like a Wii controller remote that had like an IR attachment, like an old school like TV remote. Yeah. And it had a little receiver in front and you had two buttons and a joystick and you would press forward on the joystick and hit like one of the buttons to accelerate. And then another button would do like an auto braking feature. Like it would slowly bring you to a stop, but you could modulate the brakes too by pulling back on the Wii joystick as you hit the brake. And it sounds really unintuitive, but you got used to it really quick, right. which is weird. But it was IR, so you had to point it in the general direction of the <laughs> IR receiver. You yeah, couldn't put like the remote in your pocket, you couldn't put it behind your back. Yeah. It had to be like right around there. And at night it was fine, but during the day you had to be a little more precise. And they yeah. build it as like, there can never be a remote disconnect because it's infrared. And I was right. like, oh, okay. Yeah, you pointed at the board That's and it works. Great. There's no disconnect there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that was great, but it was really heavy. I think the board was like 25, 30 pounds because I got the 20-mile battery. Oh, yeah, of course. Back then, it was like old technology. I think they were all LiPos like connected. Or something. Yeah, none of the lithium-ion all LiPo. No, yeah, I think they were lipos. Cause that board was so heavy, and it couldn't <laughs> tow anybody. I remember, like, it was fine. It could go, like, 20, 22, but if you went to tow somebody, it went straight down to, like, Yeah, 10. just tanks, like, it yeah. Just couldn't, yeah, it just couldn't handle it. The battery sag uh, probably is insane. Yeah, the battery sag was crazy. And then from there, I got an Evolve, and I got a Bamboo 1, which I don't even know if they make anymore. It I don't was like think a so. stiff, yeah, it was a stiff bamboo deck, which is weird. Sounds like it should be flexible, but it wasn't. It had a kicktail, but the motor mount had the motor going out the back. So if you did a manual at all, you ground on the motor mount and it wasn't <laughs> protected with like a cage or anything. Right. So you essentially took the motor. So it was a horrible design. Oh, and it had double kingpin trucks. And it was fairly short. I want to say it was like 34 inches. <laughs> 34, gosh. 35. For you, Joe. They, they don't sell uh, the bamboo one anymore. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, because people died probably. Uh, oh, and the remote was terrible. The new remote is a lot better. Yeah, uh, I've heard good things about the new remote. I like yeah, it. Yeah, so have I. And I, I've tried it out. It's cool. The old remote was this really weird thing with like a finger trigger. And man, that thing, it disconnected a bunch of times and that was scary, but like you can deal if it just like completely disconnects because right. I mean, yeah, you can, you can put, put brake or do whatever you need to. Exactly. 
but it also did this thing where it would do like a lag response. So like you'd go to accelerate, you'd hit the accelerator, nothing would happen. And then you'd be like, what is going on? And you'd do it like two or three times because I was dumb. <laughs> and it's just like, maybe it didn't, it's just not hooking up. And then it would get the first response and just take off. Wow. Or in the opposite sense, going to break, nothing happens. And then like two seconds later, it breaks. And that was scary. And I definitely ate it off of that a couple times. And it was just, and service was not very helpful in that sense. And I remember when I bought the board, I was a little annoyed because the motor mounts were missing some screws and I immediately emailed them and was like, Hey, like, are these holes supposed to be there? I feel like there's supposed to be a couple more <laughs> screws in this motor mount. And they were like, well, you probably took it for a ride and didn't check to see if they were tight and they fell out. And it was like, no, this is like right out of the box. Yeah. And like they did end up sending more screws, but like the fact that they sort of accused me of, yeah not doing the due were. diligence yeah 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 i was just sort of put off and they were sort of gruff over the phone when i called in about the motor mount or the uh remote issue and they did fix me everything at the end but they sort of gave me a hard time about it and said that if anything happened after that it was like my own responsibility yeah, even though fuck. i was still within the warranty period so i was sort of irritated with that so i got rid of that one i had a marble board for a bit I don't know if you guys ever have heard of that one. I have not heard of Marble Board. This is new to me. Okay. Marble Board was the greatest board that ever was if it had worked right. It was a carbon fiber deck, which sounds awesome, except everything was enclosed within the deck. So the battery was in there, the receiver for the remote, and carbon fiber does not allow it doesn't allow like pass through right the signal uh, doesn't transferring the signal does not transmit very well which i did not know at the time it had a battery mount or it had a uh, led screen at the nose of the board that told you what mode it was in how much battery was left it only weighed 10 pounds and it went 26 or 27 miles per hour wow yeah and it was it's, single drive which is crazy no yeah. it was awesome I think it was 75 millimeter wheels, which I sort of like it on the like lower side oh, for yeah. urethane wheels. It's super torquey. It was amazing. And it only, yes, the fact that it only weighed 10 pounds and everything was enclosed within the deck. Yeah, and the it carbon was fiber. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it had a great design, the whole thing. So remote was a slider, but it had like the boosted style uh, dead man switch. Right. So you started to press the whole thing, slid it forward to go forward, and there was a lot of travel in the slider. It didn't feel chintzy at all. Right. And then you slid it back to break, and it was amazing. But that board, again, almost killed me five times. <laughs> yeah, the, bat, the disconnect one, is probably not, not ideal. Yeah, it disconnected a bunch of times, and then there was – the reason I got rid of it was I was riding home with, like, ten tacos for, like, me and a bunch of friends. And I went to brake and I just touched the brake and the motor completely locked, like oh, no. full brake. And I came off that board so unprepared. I was still in like standing position. Like I was yeah. so unprepared for it. Yeah. I think I flew and like didn't even really 
my shoes didn't get messed up at all because I think they just touched the pavement for a moment and then the like spiraled front of out my, of control. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, my it was gosh. so bad. And on top of that, you so lost your tacos. Hard. So the tacos were actually okay. The salsa went everywhere though, and there was red salsa. So it sort of sprayed <laughs> me and the ground. And then people were eating in the Ethiopian restaurant that I crashed in front of. And it was so horrific that they came outside and thought I was dead or like needed an ambulance. Yeah, right. So they they red sauce everywhere. Yeah, yeah red sauce everywhere. Oh, it was horrific. Yeah, they kept on asking if they needed me to have them call 911. And I'm like, I think I'm okay. Like, I think I just have a cut here. And like my <laughs> elbow is a little scraped. But they just saw all this red and thought it was all blood. And it was nuts. And then after that, I, uh, I got the boosted. And it was, yeah, yeah, it was the boosted V1 and it was amazing. It was so much better than all the other ones by like multitude. Yeah. Uh, Hardly ever had any disconnects. The V1 had a couple, but it would only be in like really high signal traffic areas, like the very downtown of Chicago or something like that. Yeah. You get interference Uh, from Bluetooth and things. Yeah. Yeah. The flexible Vanguard deck I was already used to with the Vanguard, and yep. that was amazing. It was dual drive, which was so much better than single, and I had no idea at the time. Because right. I was always thinking, like, all these ranges are so small, and, like, even the V1, like, the range was only, if you were really gunning it, three and a half, four miles. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always thinking I'm going to run out, and I need to be able to kick it. And if there's two belt drives, like, it's just going to be such a chore. Right. Uh, but it wasn't really with that thing. It was so much better. The remote was just so intuitive. Yeah, everything. I mean, everything was made by hand at that point. The V1 was, like, all hand-tooled, hand hand-made, yeah. everything. And that was a bomb-proof board, too. Like, even the belts were, they were auto-tensioning. They had an auto-tensioning yeah. system. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have to hand-tense it. Oh, that was such a great board. And then from there, I got the V2 because the V1, like, it would have an issue where the motor mounts would eventually just, like, wear out. I can't remember how it was constructed, but the motor mounts would just sort of get loose and, like, you couldn't, you could JB weld it, but, like, it wasn't, it wouldn't last. And then the disconnect thing was a little bit concerning. And the, like, acceleration and braking were not as refined as the V2. I remember I went and I tried out the V2 at uh, W82, which is our local skate shop and boosted, was our boosted retailer, which is right. now the house Chicago. Uh, I tried it out once. It was awesome. And then uh, bought one. And then the V2 was amazing. It, they yeah. had refined everything fixed all the faults with the V1 for the most part, integrated the wires, channeled them through the deck, which is right. so much better. Yeah. I would say the V2 is probably one of my favorite boards on the market still. I think it's still yeah. one of the best boards with the, the third-party parts of like the loaded Vanguard deck and the orangutan wheels and everything like that. It was just such a quality board with quality parts. Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing really about that board that would – go wrong sometimes the motors would go but even then it was pretty rare 
there weren't many issues with the V2, uh, come to think of it. Every once in a while, the deck would snap behind the nose. And then the rear trucks would have an issue with, uh, with snapping at the rear axle. That was a little concerning. Yeah, that was, was definitely a effect. concern for a little while. Yeah, yeah. The cat trucks were definitely not ideal. Uh, and it was really just a super small minority of boards. But every time you hit like a really big gap or a hard bump, <laughs> you thought about it. Yeah, your yeah. heart so stops when, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And I remember when the V3s came out and uh, they had the CNC trucks. I was like, oh, thank God. I never have to think about this again. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess that that kind of brings us into um, kind of what I think makes Chicago so successful is you guys all kind of came up with the sport and the hobby uh, starting from, you know, these 12-mile range boards with lipo cells all the way up to like Boosted and what it is now. Um, And you guys have such a strong community in Chicago. So I guess what do you think in your mind uh, helps make Chicago so successful. I mean, I would say you guys have one of the largest groups that I know of. Um, and it's, it's an amazing group. The communication between everybody is phenomenal. Everybody gets along with everybody. It's not just, you know, one person running the group rides. There's multiple people that run group rides constantly. So yeah, very yeah I would say for Chicago. Yeah, it is really close knit. And I think that's the major thing. It's just the community. Like I don't, you know, everyone thinks there's like some magic formula that we follow and stuff. And one point they actually asked me to to write like an ambassador or help out with a ambassador guidebook and stuff for like getting a city started and stuff like that. And I wrote and stuff. But honestly it was just the community and everything else just sort of fell into place from there. For the stuff that I did, it was just doing a consistent group ride every single week. Like I had Tuesday nights and the Tuesday nights, everyone's like, why is it Tuesday? Why is it Tuesday? It was like, it was really just a Tuesday because that night my wife worked really late. (laughs) She would get home like 1030, like 11. And then she was exhausted. So she would go home (laughs) and I was sort of bored on Tuesdays. Cause, and I was like, man, I gotta do something on Tuesday. So just randomly summer of 2017, I started doing Tuesday night rides and I was like, if anyone else wants to, I wrote like a post on like Boosted Board Rider Chicago on the Facebook page and was like, if anyone else wants to uh, join, like feel free, I'm going to be doing this route and I'd post the route and it's like, I'm going to leave at this time, blah, blah, blah. And the very first ride, Andrew Stroh uh, on his one wheel showed up. And he was the very first Tuesday night rider. And then second week we had like more and then week after that, it was like three or four. And it just sort of like, we just made more stuff. Yeah. We just did more just rides. Going. Yeah. Yeah. And Sarah had been uh, in for a year previous to me. So space. And then, uh, and then we just kept on doing stuff and we did themed rides and we made, I made a telegram chat and I think that helped a lot. Because uh, it sort of kept the whole community engaged in one spot. And people would sort of be like, hey, I'm going to go for a ride right now from here to here. Does anyone else want to ride? Two or three people would respond and they'd all ride together. I'd post the rides in there. And we all just got along. And nobody got clicky. And that yeah, was, I think, absolutely. a big a big 
departure from, and I love the New York group. I think they're awesome. Tom is the man. I mean, uh, Seth and Mike, who's now in Boston, uh, all the boosted ambassadors there are great. But the New York group can be a little clicky. You've got your like EUC right. squad, oh, your yeah. one wheel squad, the Cali guys, like, and they all sort of fight with each other. And I feel like there isn't a lot of cohesion in that group. Right. But nobody really got weird here. Like the one wheel guys were always cool with the boosted guys. There was never any like animosity with the other groups of what everybody was riding. And we've pretty much only had LaCroix, DIY, One Wheel, and Boosted. Yeah. Just recently, we've gotten like three or four Evolve riders. Yeah, you started to expand a little bit more. I mean, it definitely helps too. I mean, since you were saying, Andrew has been there since like the beginning, basically. So that really yeah. helped integrate mm-hmm. One Wheel into the Boosted community that you guys had already started. So, Yeah. And what's weird about that is Andrew was our only one wheel rider for years. I would say like a year or two before we got more one wheel riders. Yeah. Well, because now you get some hundreds. Started out, <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Rick Rivera has done an amazing job uh, sort of organizing everybody in the one wheel community. And then Andrew obviously highlighting every single thing that the one wheel can do, all the potential that it has. Uh, so I think the two of them as a combination have just brought the Chicago one wheel community to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and now one wheel's got that app too, where you can coordinate rides right through there. I mean, they're doing a lot of things that boosted kind of was doing, um, but for the one wheel community. So it's, it's definitely going to help Chicago grow even more. Yeah. Um, so I guess on that note, um, since you guys are so successful, did you have any struggles throughout that process um, where you guys were like, okay, like this, this can't ever happen again, or we got to avoid this person or things like that? We have luckily had very few major issues. We've only banned like two people and one was just a complete nightmare that everyone wanted to get rid of. And the other one, the person I'm not sure what was going on, but caused so much of an issue on a group ride that it was the one and only time where we threw someone off during a ride. And it was just, he was trying to start a fight with like every single person on the ride. When you say say throw somebody off, do you mean they they left the route or you push them off the board? (laughs) I would have liked to have almost pushed them off the board. I almost wish I had pushed him off the board, but I did not. No, it was literally I stopped the ride and told him we are not continuing the ride with you with us. And that is where the gentleman uh, turned to me and said, you know what? I don't even want to continue riding with you guys because you're all amateurs and I'm a professional and continued to ride off into the sunset and I think ate it like about 30 feet down the road or something like that, which only highlighted the entire psychosis of what was going on. Yeah, karma. Yeah, we now use that as an inside joke constantly where if somebody's arguing with somebody else, that's our end cap right there. We just go, you know why you're wrong? 
because you're an amateur and I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah, those are those are like the only two instances that we that we've ever had. Uh, other than that, not really. I think we banned like one person from the chat because he was constantly spamming it with like for sale stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, okay, like you're not contributing anything right now. You're right, you're just trying to make some money. You're not actually contributing to this community that we've grown. Exactly. Yeah. Other than that, it's been fairly smooth sailing, which has been surprising. But I think it also really just comes from like nobody's gotten clicky, like nobody's tried to really like use the group for something like untoward like sales or like tried to monetize stuff like we've always been really careful with that i know nyc has like a merchandise thing right and i think stuff got weird there for like a minute but like all of our stuff it's like whatever it's produced for we sell it you know at cost i think we've even taken like a loss sometimes on stuff but it's like, right. it doesn't matter like as long as are yeah, as long as the community's time. having a good time and you guys are able to foster that that environment that's what's important yeah, yeah i'll say one thing exactly. outside of looking in uh and i've been to chicago uh, twice to ride with you guys now i think uh something, something that, that i've noticed is the ability for your leadership to uh, mitigate and to be able to coordinate really well and to prevent those clicks is a super um good sign of a healthy community instead of taking sides you know you're kind of going a step above and just saying hey we're here for the community as a whole regardless of what you're riding or what your riding style is um and erring on the side of caution to make sure that everybody feels included and that a newcomer like me can ride down you know sight unseen and, and chill with you guys um and that's just a testament to uh how awesome your guys is your your uh, group is like you said smooth sailing yeah and we really appreciate that i mean i know i do and yeah because i remember when you first came to a group ride. You showed up and we rode to the brewery that's in the plant. And it was like, we got there. And then you told me that you had came from Michigan and you had taken the Amtrak. Yep. And I was like, what are you telling me right now? Like you traveled <laughs> hours to get here. Like, man, I hope you have a good time on this ride because yep. geez, did you make a time commitment for it? And you came, I think it was like the nicest weather day too. Oh, beautiful weather. Yeah. You had the TSG and the Meepo. Yep. Thanks. OG. Yes. Yes. The Meepo with the handle in the deck. Yep. You got it. Yeah. 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 That was a really fun ride too. We went deep to the south side. That was something. So if you want to talk about struggles. So getting some of the routes down was interesting because the north side routes would get a ton of people and yeah. then i'd do a south a deep south side route like that and it would get maybe half and it was just <laughs> sometimes you'd have to like yeah you, well because like the south it's, side it's, yeah, it's in the, the part of the chicago, chicago yeah, bad, yeah it has like a bad connotation i would argue um, they have the best pizza though that's my opinion yeah yeah you could make that argument they definitely have the best terrain I think. I think the southern half of the Lakefront Trail in Chicago is far superior to the northern half. Uh, there's much less traffic. There's a little variable terrain. There's a small hill. Uh, the bridges are way cooler. And then mm -hmm. overall, the pavement on the south side to me is way more fun. And you have Washington Park and Jackson Park, which are really yeah. fun. 
The problem is, is that sometimes late at night, depending on where you are, it's not the place to be. Right. So I get people's <laughs> reticency to go down there. But so I had to sort of learn that like, okay, Tuesday night, we can't do a South side ride. We've got to keep it like North side or at least South loop Saturday morning. We can do a South side ride because then people come full day. They're in a big group. People aren't going to be worried. So yeah, that was probably the only major growing pain we had. It was just getting, getting the scheduling down for routes and, which ones were going to be populated and which ones weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess on that note, uh, because you guys have been so successful over the last two, three years, probably better part of three years now, where do you see the Chicago group in like five, maybe 10 years from now? It's so hard to say because the market moves so quickly now. I want to say that in the last year, we've had a huge influx of one wheelers. So I'm thinking that that will probably continue. So I think it's going to get pretty one wheel heavy. I think that'll become the new predominant e-board for Chicago. And then it'll probably increase in EUCs. Has Chicago seen that as well? No, which is weird because the last time I went to LA and New York, it was huge. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. And Chicago, I don't know what it is. Chicago like hardly ever has any Evolve. We've only got like three or four and that was just recently. And then we have one EUC. There's like another two guys, but they come very infrequently. It's like one consistent EUC rider. Uh, I don't know why that is. Cause I mean, the EUCs have been around for a while. And they've been in New York the last, like, two years, I want to say. And for L.A., maybe the last year, I've seen them more predominantly. Chicago, we've just got the one. And I don't know. I just – I don't see the EUCs really catching on here just because one wheels are just so much more prevalent. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just don't really see it. I do see LaCroix making – a much higher market share in Chicago soon because we've got three riders now and a couple other guys I know are thinking about it. Yeah. Well, such a quality board, especially for that environment, Uh, being able to Mm -hmm. increase your speed at any given moment when you need it, Um, having the range to never have to charge whether the bar is full or the brewery you're going to is full or the restaurant or whatever. You could just keep riding and come back and then, go with the rest of the group after they've charged yeah those guys never charge it's not <laughs> or when they do they blow the circuit and then we're annoyed <laughs> uh but yeah it's crazy like one of our guys trent he consistently posts like his ride for the day and it's always like 30 miles like maybe he charged maybe he didn't like, yeah it's nuts it's just absolutely insane and the smaller Lacroix is actually the one that i like the prototipo which yeah. i think is now called the jaws uh the larger ones i can't get into as much just because they're like a small car uh well and on top of that they weigh so over like 30 pounds they're they're heavy as yeah out. yeah i feel like they never really pick them up they sort of wheel them in like they yeah. pick up the front <laughs> truck and sort of like wheelbarrow them in that but uh yeah they're amazing boards like i never really see any of them having very many issues if any issues at all, they're super well constructed. They work on Chicago streets. 
fantastically. Yeah, those are great boards. So I think it's going to be really one wheel heavy and uh, and Lacroix heavy. We're going to get a lot of boards that end up with about 15 miles of range and top speed mode, and that'll just be how it is. It'll just be <laughs> like a boosted board, but with 15 miles of range. Yeah, and that's about as much as 99% of consumers want. Yeah, absolutely. Because after 15 miles, like you need a break for your feet anyway. Yeah, there, your legs feel like jello at that point. It just stops being fun. Just stops being fun. And if commute, yeah. If your commute is 50 yeah. miles, maybe electric skateboard isn't for you. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I guess on that note, I, you guys have been very prevalent with Boosted up until uh, obviously Boosted announced that they are looking for a buyer or that they've closed. I'm not sure where they stand at this point, but... Um, obviously being an ambassador for boosted, uh, you've had a lot of really good times, uh, in Chicago and the surrounding areas, visiting colleges and things like that. What would you say are some of your favorite moments when you did work with boosted as an ambassador? Oh man, that was so fun. (laughs) It was so fun. I would say the easiest one to talk about would just be like the 2018 summer showdown for boosted. And it was where we pitted cities against each other. And it was basically a contest for each city to come up with the most number of points, which was based on email signups, mileage. I think those were the two, yeah. the two prongs. And we had like Boston versus Austin, Chicago versus LA, Toronto versus Miami things like that. And I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Boston, stay here for hours, then go to Toronto for theirs, and then to Minneapolis for theirs. And when I was in Minneapolis, it also coincided with X Games, which Boosted was luckily able to be part of. And all the X Games skate athlete events, uh, the gold medal winners would also win a Boosted Minneapolis. Oh, so wow. we got to hang out in the athlete's lounge, right? Meet all the superstars. Yeah, such a unique experience. Wild, yeah. Well, I that mean, was probably we right around like the time the when you guys signed. Was it Andy Mack? I think. No, actually. Although I did eat, meet Andy Mack there. That was about a year before we signed. Andy okay. Mack. And it was—it's surreal to see Andy Mack, who's like a legend, six times. Yeah, absolute legend. Doubles partner with Tony Hawk like six-time winner of X Games. It was nuts. And he's just walking around there. and The nicest, most down-to-earth person ever. No ego at all. Yeah. Uh, it was just amazing. And we got to meet, like, Letitia Buffoni, Pamela Rose. Wow. Everybody. Yeah. It was nuts. You know who really loved the Boosted while we were there was uh, Alex Midler. Alex Midler rode that thing around the interior of the stadium like where you would walk around with the concession and would almost like whack into like 10 people. <laughs> I feel like whipping that thing around and putting him on his Instagram story. He loved it. Yeah. For him, he it's really probably a game. It. Yeah. If Boosted had stuck around, I was always advocating that they should get him uh, as one of the other athlete ambassadors. Cause he just loved that thing. And it was so funny. Cause some of the people would just like sort of turn up their nose at it, but he was just so down. He loved it. Absolutely loved it. That's too cool. Yeah. And I mean, such a unique yeah. experience getting to meet all those people and 
be a part of something as big as the X Games, uh, especially as Boosted was technically a startup at that point. I mean, it's that's yeah. such a huge yeah. opportunity and such a cool experience. Um, yeah, and that I, was I, really fun. And I, with that, obviously with Boosted uh, kind of shuttering the doors and things like that, if they were to reopen and give the opportunity to you again to work for them, would you do it? So if it just sort of restarted like it was before somehow magically, yes, absolutely. Because that was just a once in a lifetime opportunity. We always had fun. Sarah and I always had fun doing boosted stuff. I mean, we got to go on so many cool trips. We would go to a bunch of conventions in Chicago. We went to Comic-Con. We did outside experience. That was really fun where it was like rock climbing and e-bikes all this other outdoor activity things. Yeah, so obviously I would, if things stayed the same, you would stick around. But if things were new management, uh, different company, I know there was talks about it, Yamaha. There was an offer from them. Okay, so there was, yeah. So Boost had been going through some financial difficulties uh, for a little while. And there was going to be a partnership with another company. And that was going to allow them to continue and even expand. And that fell through. And very quickly after that, the end of the company was, uh, was readily apparent. So it is currently for sale. We'll have to see what happens. As far as I know, anyway, it is still for sale. So we'll have to see what happens. If something like, I don't know, like X-Way bought it or something like that. I don't know as if I would be that interested. I don't know how trustworthy that company is. I don't know anyone internally in that company. Right. It also sort of gives me pause to work for a company that, you know, sort of copied all of Boost's designs rather blatantly and started producing their own V2 version. Right. uh, Using it. But yeah, if the right people bought the company, uh, there were talks at one point about certain employees and boosted getting some investors together and buying the company themselves. Right. Uh, Doing like a market share kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like if that were the case, I would totally go back. We had a lot of fun the first time around. I think we could be even more successful the second time around if, uh, if the right changes were made. Yeah, you can always learn the right from the direction. mistakes, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I definitely think there were some things that they could have done better. But, uh, but yeah, it was such a good time the first time. I don't see why it wouldn't be the second time around. Yeah, absolutely. And when Boosted made that initial announcement to the community with that open letter, were you aware of it? And if you were, what was your reaction when it finally came to light? So I knew that the end was coming or pretty likely to happen because I was told to clean out our storage unit of all our demo boards and equipment and everything because they weren't going to be able to make the payment for the next month. And I was like, Ooh, I better go do this now. Yeah. Like, better get that I don't, stuff I don't want, Yeah. I don't want that all to get locked in there and then I have to pay my own money to get it out or it gets auctioned off. God forbid. Right. Uh, so I knew things were not going well and that was definitely a bad sign. And then I remember they posted the letter 
and I was literally reading it when I got a call from my boss there, basically telling me that it was all over, that everything had collapsed, all the partnership talks and everything, and they had pulled out of the deal. And yeah, that was the end of that. Almost heartbreaking. I had sort of prepared myself mentally for it being the end because I knew it was probably coming. Right. And I remember when it happened, I was like, oh, such a bummer. And I told him I was really sorry. And like, he would be fine because he's got so many other things going on. But I felt, did definitely felt really bad for some of the employees because I knew that that was their main thing that they had going on. They put right. all this time and effort in and it was just sort of <clears throat> ruined now. But for myself, I was almost sort of relieved in a way because I didn't want this to be this whole thing where the company was like sort of hanging on and it just sort of dragged on like a long, slow death over the course of like six or eight months. Right. Like we had one of the guys here worked for inertion and it was sort of like that where it just dragged for like six or eight months. You could see all the signs, but nobody wanted to. Yeah. Exactly. And it like, at a certain point you were almost like, you should just quit, bro. Like, dude, this is, they're just jerking you around. Uh, and I definitely didn't want that. I didn't want it where like we weren't getting paid and like people's parts weren't getting to them for service. And it was going to become just a total nightmare where the whole community sort of just slowly turned and everyone was angry. Like it was almost better that it just, died suddenly right uh yeah as opposed to just a slow cancerous death that just had a massive heart attack and died all at once yeah absolutely i mean you make a good point too the community instead of kind of revolting against boosted has kind of come together they've created like legacy discord sites and things like that for the community to continue to move on Um, so i guess it's kind of unique that instead of having the same reaction to like inertion where it was just oh, like, inertia's the worst, we're all against you, like, everything you do is wrong. Boosted was kind of the opposite. They said, oh, no, like, this great thing is over. Now we have to come together and figure out how to make it work. Yeah, yeah, which has totally blown me away, by the way. I thought everyone was just going to be like, oh, like, forget Boosted, like, we're going to go, like, ride these other boards, like, I hate this whole company, like, throw everything in the trash. But instead, they just, sort of kept everything going like it's unbelievable to me the boosted legacy discord and e eskate supply i think is doing that whole boosted revival shop yep. and like the reddit uh subreddit is just blowing up like it's totally insane which shows just how much the community was invested in the company mm, absolutely uh it's just such a shame that we couldn't keep it going gosh yeah yeah. And it really just all that the grassroots work that we sort of did as ambassadors for the brand, it really worked in the end. I feel like yeah, that's sort of the fruits of our labor. Like yeah, we you guys had the biggest impact, a good community. Yeah. Um, so kind of to tie off this conversation, uh, in your opinion, what do you think either boosted or the community could have done to avoid the situation or to have made things better where the situation maybe never would have come up? Yeah, that's a hard question. And I don't want to criticize anyone at Boosted because 
I know they got a bunch of investors for various things. Uh, I would have liked them to focus on the skateboard line more than the scooter line. Uh, That's the general consensus, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. There was also, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Rev is an amazing scooter. And I don't think that was the the be all end all of the company. But I think that it could have been designed a little bit differently. And probably given enough time, they would have come up with a design that would have appealed to more of a casual audience, which I think is the typical scooter rider. Yeah, absolutely. That scooter was definitely engineered towards like the top of the line. Uh, the person who sort of wanted to maximize everything the scooter could do with going 24 miles an hour and just being so robust. Like it was so torquey. It had dual yeah. wheel drive. Like it was nuts. Really, if the battery had lasted longer, it would have been just, it would have yeah. killed a ton of the scooters in the market for the price point. But right, yeah, absolutely. I think that could have been designed a little bit differently. I also think the accessory line came a bit late with the 105s and the beams. But I yeah, mean, I mean, people are know, fighting each other to get those accessories now because they, they're yeah. so limited. Which shows you just how high demand they were. Like people were begging for those beams uh, when they showed the premiere video for the V2. Yeah. Uh, and they showed that there was an accessory port, like we're going to have lights here and other accessories. So I think that came a little late. Would have been nicer if that had come earlier. But, you know, these things are difficult to come to fruition. I also think they could have done a little something with software updates that would have cost them very little. Edgar in LA actually came up with this idea of, so sort of how Tesla has like software updates that you can buy, like for uh, navigation and different modes. So for the Mini X, for example, it only has expert mode, which limits it to 20. You could have sold a software update for, say, 200 to $300, which would have given it pro mode. Right. And all you would have had to do was, you know, Flip write some code. Yeah, write some yeah, code. push it in the app. Like, it wouldn't have cost you much at all. And it just would have netted you a lot of money. Because the Mini X was the number one selling board that Boosted ever produced. Well, I'm it's pretty sure that's arguably a great board. I mean, for a shortboard category, it's a great board. Yeah, there's, really there's no other dual belt drive board with that kind of mm-hmm. quality built in. No, definitely not. The only one that comes close would be the new Evolve uh, shortboard. The Stoke, yeah. Yeah, the Stoke, the one that they changed the name on. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Stoke. But that one's weird because it still has double kingpin trucks. Right. Like, which is so strange for that small of a board. And I, I, I don't know. I like the Mini X better than that one. Uh, but that's just my personal preference. And the Mini X is crazy because there aren't that many riders of the X in Chicago. But the guys who do ride the X, like Nick Blazing, uh, love it. Like, they're yeah. absolutely in love with it. They're upset that more people don't love it. Yeah. Like, they, <laughs> they have a complete obsession with it yeah Yeah. fills a unique void yeah and i mean clothing would have been nice i think that would have sold really well because i know all the stuff that we wore like our we had boosted hoodies and i had a boosted hat i remember during the summer showdown somebody offered me 500 dollars one time for the hat (laughs) 
which is crazy to me. I should have. I should (laughs) have. That hat went through a trip that that was in Toronto, and I actually lost the hat during Toronto, too. Uh, It was, like, clipped to my belt loop on my pants, and it must have come, like, unclipped, and it fell on the ground, and it was just gone. $500 gone. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I didn't really think much of it. I'm like, oh, I got to get another hack because it's sunny. So I'm riding around. And then two days later, I see someone walking down the street wearing the hat. And I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, there's only like zero of these hats in Toronto. This is the only one. So I pulled over on the board and I asked the guy, hey, did you find that hat like on the street somewhere? And the guy goes, yeah, I found it like two blocks over there. So, and I'm like, hey, that's my hat. <laughs> I work for that company. Yeah. Can I have it back? And I took the hat back and I think I gave him like 10 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that. But Little I did he I know. Took that, yeah, I could have made, yeah, made $500. Exactly. He didn't know. Should have hit eBay. But I remember taking the hat back and I was so excited. And I was telling my coworker, uh, hey, I found my hat again. Like, isn't this so great? And she was like, you're going to put that on your head? Like, that guy probably has <laughs> lice. Like, what are you doing? Like, just get another hat. And I was like, oh, whatever. It's a $500 hat. Leave yeah, me alone. it's worth it. I got to keep it, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so with Boosted and all that kind of closing down, um, obviously you're probably still riding Boosted boards at this time, but if you could ride any board – whether it's a fictional board or a board that's actually out there, what board would you ride and why? So I'm getting ready to make a DIY using sort of boosted components. So it's going to be a boosted longboard deck. Uh, I'm going to take the boosted prototype 90 millimeter wheels, use those with the board. And then it's going to have like a DIY battery That'll be like 15 miles range for at 30 miles an hour. And is this then, something uh, Barra's making for you? Yeah, Barra's gonna gonna make it. He just has to find time. So yeah, it'll have a DIY ESD, and then I still want to keep belt drive just because that's what I'm yep. used to. And that'll be that. Yeah, that'll be the whole thing. And then the remote, I think we're gonna use the uh, the Firefly, the one that's sort of a copy of the boosted remote. Yep. It's like 3D printed, has like the little OLED screen. Yeah, super, super high quality. I think they're all handmade yeah. through 3D printing and things like that. So mm-hmm. so it's essentially going to be a boosted stealth, but the with way better range. Exactly. With better range, it goes a little bit faster. I want it to go like 30. I yeah. think 30 is sort of that sweet spot. Yeah, you Beyond have that extra that, speed. Yeah, yeah. 30, I've always thought, is like the perfect speed for it. Not the perfect speed, but the highest speed you should ever go on, like, a city streets, yeah. Yeah, city streets, skateboard. Beyond that, you just, your eyes and just your brain cannot take in the amount of information possible to, like, avoid every single obstacle that city riding provides. Like, it's it's too much. Yeah, absolutely. So, can't react quick enough. I mean, on that note, what's more important to you, though, in that? board the range or that top speed would you would you sacrifice your 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 range of 15 miles for that 30 mile an hour top speed 
No, no. It's definitely always rains because yeah. you want to keep the party going. Like yeah. that's always the big thing. Like you want to keep that party going. And that was the big thing that I think one wheel solved with the XR because they had the V1 and then the plus and both of them had just abysmal range. Like they consistently would die before even the boosted standard battery would die. They would get like 3.5 max under ideal conditions because I remember I towed Andrew almost every single ride that he ever did. I think you uh, towed him on the ride we, I, the first ride I was on. Um, he would kind of yeah. hit you right on somebody's backpack, get dragged to the, to the front of the, the group, and then he would kind of fade to the back of the group, and then somebody would grab another person's backpack, and it would just yep. repeat the process until we got there. Yeah, yeah, and he actually spoiled me for a long time because I thought, oh, it's so easy to tow you. Like, it's so easy to tow a one wheel. And then I remember I tried to tow someone else on the one wheel, and they had never been towed. <laughs> and they like almost immediately ate it. Yeah. I was like, oh, what's the problem? Like Andrew does this like so easy. And then I didn't <laughs> understand that it was actually very difficult on a one wheel to get towed. And he just made it look easy because he's so good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we would consistently be towing them. So yeah, it's always range. Like yeah. even when they, they doubled the boosted range, when they went to four to eight, for top speed mode it wasn't enough it just yeah. wasn't enough we were always begging for more and yeah 15 miles is i think the the sweet spot for range yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of people would agree with you if boosted had come up with a way to do an extended extended range battery or a way to hot swap the batteries and have them like one right after another uh that would have yeah definitely been nice yeah, that was there is a patent it wasn't really it was sort of going to be a it was going to be a little higher watt hour uh but it was going to be uh more hot swappable sort of like the inboard i think so that was going to be a lot quicker than the six bolts to get out to allen key the whole deal right uh little plastic tools so i think that would have helped a lot and you would have just sold more battery units too mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely yeah I mean, what would stop you guys, you from buying one, two, three extra? Yeah, I remember we had two inboard riders when they were around, and one of them had bought, like, six battery packs. Like, it was nuts. And their battery packs were pretty slim, too. Like, they were a little heavy, but they were pretty small. Like, you could keep six in a backpack, and it wasn't a giant deal. Like, it didn't make it weigh a 1,000 pounds. Right. Well, Joe, I think that's all I have as far as questions go. Um, We really appreciate you doing this interview with us. Um, It's always nice to get some inside perspective of kind of how it was to work with Boosted and work with these large communities, um, as well as things that you think uh, about them now. And really, we just appreciate you taking the time to meet with us. Oh, yeah, it was my pleasure. Yeah, you guys are awesome. You guys have to come back to Chicago when all Absolutely. this clears up and we are outside of quarantine. We'll have Absolutely. a big ride. We're yeah. looking forward yeah, to it. We had a lot of, yeah, man. All right. You guys have a good time. Thank you so much, Joe. And thank you again. Have a great rest of your night. No Same problem. You guys too. So that was Joe from Chicago Escape. Um, and again, thank you so much, Joe, for taking the time to speak with us last night. Um, we couldn't be more grateful. Um, the next thing I want to talk about um, is the X-Way versus Evolve slash Jay Boston. <laughs> the main event of the evening, if um, you will. 
this has been making the rounds like crazy. Everybody has something to say about it. I honestly don't know what to think. It's been a wild week and a half, man. There's that, That's the, the best way to summarize it. Obviously, we'll get into the nitty-gritty in a second, but wow, has it been... Uh, has it been a straight-up virtual boxing match between fans and companies and YouTubers on both sides? Yeah, and it kind of all started with uh, Maddie Rogers, who's the marketing media person for Evolve. I don't mm-hmm. know his exact title, but I think it's something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, From what it seems like, my opinion, it looks like he kind of made a video on his own. Yep. It didn't look like he had much else of other people being involved he basically got a hold of the board the x-way flex and did a comparison piece and i would say kind of harshly compared the two yeah i think i think it's an apple and oranges conversation um i think evolve took advantage of a great opportunity for them i don't and this is this is where my main point will be. I'm not sure that opportunity should have been given to them um, from a business ethical standpoint. Um, and that's going to be my main center point. I think, yeah, in a free market, they got their hands on something and they rolled with it. I, I don't know the legal ramifications of what X-Way could actually do um, at this time. However, I think as I'll, as I'll dive into my points um, later on, I think it's a business ethical standpoint and it doesn't bode well for your company with a reputation or um, your contribution to the industry as a whole. I think it's, it, it puts you in a bad light um, regardless of the point you're trying to prove. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe because of this pandemic and things that are going on, maybe that's mm-hmm. what caused Maddie Rogers to make the video on his own without anybody else being involved. Um, he was doing a work from home kind of situation. Mm-hmm. He kind of explains that in the video. And part of me thinks that with some checks and balances, they might have been able to avoid this situation altogether. Jay Boston, in his response, said that it was from a demo day. Maddie Rogers showed up to a demo okay. day and said, Hey, can we have the board for, for a little bit? And according to Jay Boston's response, he knew they had a camera. He didn't. He he says he didn't know what they were planning to do with it. But his logic, and again, we'll address this in a minute. His logic behind it was, well, it's demo day. Anybody's welcome to try the board, which on paper I agree with. But again, more on that later. You know, there's um, there's a precedence for it of allowing people to try it on demo day. He was at a location that sold X-Way boards, actually, uh, a retailer in Australia. And that was the conversation that was had. That's how Evolve got their hands on it was, hey, it's demo day. Mind if we have it for a few hours? And he knew they had a camera. I don't remember if Maddie was alone or not. But um, Jay Boston did admit that he knew they had a camera. And he wasn't part of the production after that, according to him. Which, for what I just told you, I, I believe that part. I believe that part is correct. Yeah, and I think I think the big concern is... From X-Way's standpoint, mm-hmm. um, they kind of let Jay Boston have this board. And I don't know the specifics behind doing board reviews. I mm-hmm. don't know if there's some sort of unwritten agreement that boards shouldn't be shared amongst many others during a review process, especially with it being a demo board. But Jay Boston definitely made that clear that he was under the impression that it was a demo board for him to share with people. 
he felt that it was in his right to let people use it, borrow mm-hmm. it, try it. Um, and he praised the board. He didn't say anything. Jay Boston true. himself didn't say anything bad about the board. Very true. Um, and I think that's where the issue comes in is why did Evolve feel the need to make this comparison with the X-Way? They could have made the comparison with any other belt-driven board from China mm-hmm. or any other budget-type belt board. Something about the X-Way Flex, they decided that was the board that they were going to target. I think it was a it was a mix of coincidence and opportunity and um, them identifying the X-Way Flex as the new quote-unquote budget-boosted killer of the flavor of the month is what I call it. So remember, it was a demo day. Jay Boston had it. They're both in the same town. And the X-Way Flex was hotly discussed. You and I know that. We've discussed it. It's all over the internet. It's considered Absolutely. to be the, yep. the, the next budget boosted killer. So, again, like I said earlier, I think they had an opportunity um, and they seized it. Um, and to address a point you made earlier, Jay Boston claims, and, and I, have, I haven't seen any evidence to the contrary for this yet, based on what he showed in his video, that there was no... Uh, a, no there was no communication from X-Way saying, hey, you can't give this to a competitor or you can't not show this or, or you know, basically because I think they had had previous history with J-Boss and he was well known. It was just for them, it was business usual. Hey, here's a board, right. make a review on it. It's yours. And X-Way didn't obviously anticipate this, but this is, I, I've never seen this happen before in the Eastgate industry. So I think it was a little bit unspoken agreement that Jay Boston just didn't didn't consider. And when you think that when you're ready for my lecture on it, <laughs> I have I have points that address that because I think it's more than just, hey, they didn't say I couldn't give it to him, so I gave it to him. Um, because of what Jay Boston says in his video of wanting to benefit the community and contribute, I, I think that it was still the wrong move. And, and I'll explain why. I'll, I'll give evidence after I give my disclaimers at the beginning. Okay, that, and that's fair. I mean, my my big thing is in Jay Boston's response mm-hmm. to the statement posted by X-Way, um, which that statement is everywhere. So oh, if yeah. you want to find it, everybody, it's on Reddit. It's everywhere, literally. Um, I think his response to them was heavily negative towards X-Way. Mm-hmm. And he did very little to criticize Evolve in any way. I think it's because he didn't think Evolve did anything wrong, whether or not he, he maybe he's just covering his tracks because Evolve is, is a next door neighbor to him. And because X-Way uh, uh, attacked him, or, or not attacked him, but uh, what's the word, called him out. Yeah, they openly used his name in the statement. Very much so. So yeah, when I'm when I'm explaining my thoughts, I should disclaim that the evidence I'm going off of is the original Evolve versus X-Way flex video. Uh, I watched Jay Boston's response and he answered some questions and the official X-Way statement that they made about it. I haven't watched any other uh, third-party commentary. I obviously read a bunch of comments, including from some other YouTubers on both sides of the fences. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm trying to stick to the facts and the, the, the players as much as possible. So I, I keep my opinion as, as close to the source material as possible. And I think that's fair. I think we're not trying to criticize one person or the other. I just more so want to talk about why it has come to light in such a way that everybody is giving it attention. There's certain communities online, and uh, those communities have also establishments in real time where you have you know group chats for city group rides, 
and I think different companies have different um, reputations in each online and real life community. For example, there's some communities, especially in California, where Evolve is considered to be the the end all be all, and you have other places like you know electric skateboarding uh, subreddit where Xway is considered to be the next top dog by a lot of people. So I think the reason people are getting so defensive is because the crown jewel uh, for the community is being attacked uh, from both sides. Yeah, and I, I can see it from that perspective as well. I guess I'd like to go into more specifics of why this is kind of a unique situation in the fact that Jay Boston was so publicly called out. I don't know if XOA was in the right for doing that. I think trying to get a hold of him via email, and he showed the emails in his video mm-hmm. clearly stating that he had made an attempt and had somewhat apologized for what he had done. Right. And then they just blatantly ignored him and sent out the statement. Yeah, it's a saving face thing, in my opinion. It's a saving face thing, for better or for worse. I don't think, I think X-Way should maintain good communication. I haven't heard anything from Jay Boston um, about the communication since his response video. Um, I do know that there are a ton of electric skateboard companies that are not thrilled uh, that are from China. And they're kind of uh, not banding together about it because it's not a war at this point. Like it's at this point, the situation's happened. It's a lesson learned. Right. But I know a lot of electric skateboard companies in China are rethinking their policies for giving boards to YouTube reviewers because of this situation. So I think the industry will will be altered, maybe in a good way. Um, kind of like a lesson learned situation for giving out hundreds of dollars worth of business tools to reviewers around the world and just kind of giving them um, open sesame on it. I think that's going to change. I think we're going to see more legal ramifications um, in in handling of free stuff to YouTubers, which I don't think is a bad thing. Well, and I think you just touched on a good keyword. Um, You use the word business tool. Yep. So in your mind, is this demo board a business tool that X-Way lent or gave to Jay Boston for marketing purposes that he then took that business tool or intellectual property or however you want to word it mm-hmm. to a competitor. Yes. And and here's the best analogy. Uh, when you go to buy an iPhone in an Apple store, the iPhones that you see in the Apple store uh, for demo, they're not for sale, right? They've right. got special software on them. They're secured with special devices. Like I said, you can't buy them. Uh, they're, they're considered business tools. They're marketing tools, right? The, the devices in the back of the Apple store that they go grab for you to, to sell to you um, when you're buying an iPhone, that's a consumer product. And in my opinion, the X-Way Flex given to Jay Boston is a business tool. It right. was pre-production. Now, Jay Boston claims, and I think he's he's probably mostly right, that there weren't hardly any differences um, that X, compared to what X-Way says there are um, in, in pre-production versus production. But that's neither here nor there. It's a it's a business tool regardless. It's a marketing tool given to Jay Boston, and it's a business tool of X-Ways. Um, it would be the same as if Jay Boston gave uh, X-Way um, an Evolve ESC right. that was pre-production, that they couldn't go out and buy on their own, right. in my opinion. Um, and that will lead more into my first big point of you know business transactions and markets as a whole being based on trust, and what and that's required. Um, and I think that's a core, core issue here. And what was, and why this whole thing blew up is because there was a, um, a breaking of trust, and that that's not good for the industry and the community as a whole. When it comes to, uh, pre-production boards and YouTubers and demo days, 
Um, and that's not beneficial for the community. Yeah, and I think um, Jay Boston definitely tried to send the message that he thinks right now the community needs to come together. I don't sure. think he realized what he had done at the time. Yep. And I think if you were to go back and take that risk that Jay Boston took away from him, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have taken it again. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it now. I think at the time, and again, I, it's so... We're shooting in the dark so much here because, uh, you know, more stuff may come out in the future. We don't know if this was Jay Boston's way of getting um, in a better spot with Evolve, especially after the whole GTR video fiasco. And I, I can't prove that, so I'm not going to make that that official claim. I, I'm trying to base everything off of that that I say definitively, off of it's some from kind an of evidence perspective. Right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is a good time for me to disclaim that I don't work for X-Way, never been paid by X-Way, same with Evolve. Um, I've got no beef with either company. Um, I, you know, even Evolve, like, I, I know people that work for Evolve, and, you know, we're on good terms, and I've ridden, I've ridden both brands of boards. And um, and then, obviously, with Jay Boston, I've got no beef with Jay Boston. Um, you know, you know, I... I'm definitely an outsider on this. So what that means is while I don't know all the nitty gritty details, um, I also have no reason to choose sides because I don't gain anything. Neither of us yeah, I don't think gain, no, anything we don't gain anything by choosing one side or another. No, in I'm, my opinion, I more so just wanted to dissect what became a large piece of Eastgate news over mm-hmm. something so trivial as lending a board. Yeah. Um, and I think at the end of the day, there was no harm meant whether that was the outcome is still yet to be seen. I think, I think Jay Boston because of his previous video before he gave the board away of saying, Hey, X way, this is a good board. People should, you know, consider buying it if it's the right board for them. That's the only saving grace. I think Jay Boston has is he had that video come out and say, Hey, this is a good board. I think you should buy it. That said he, he benefits by playing both sides as a YouTuber, I'm not saying that's what he's trying to do, but there's obviously clear evidence that as a YouTuber, if you if you tell everybody that every board's amazing and you should use my affiliate link to buy it, that's a win-win, yeah, right? You win every time, yeah. I don't know if he has an affiliate link, but you get where I'm coming from, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and it really comes down to, like I said, business transactions and markets as a whole are based on trust. You know, when I give you money for a product, a you're trusting me that that currencies worth something yep yep i'm trusting you that the product you're giving me is as described and once that trust is broken even if there's no oral or you know contracted out agreement it's not as good as what it could have been the you know with jay boston talking about i just want to make the community better i i don't think by giving evolve a pre-production business tool of x ways that it benefits the community i think it benefits evolves bottom line and that's where you know, Jay Boston can defend himself until the, the, the you know the cows come home. But at the end of the day, the move benefited or tried to benefit only Evolve. Right. There was no benefit to X Y. Um, Absolutely. Everything in the Evolve video was very much Evolve did mm-hmm. this better. Evolve did this better. Evolve did this sure. better. And they never made a statement of, but the X Y has a really great this or an X Y does this really well. Right. I think the only positive thing he said about X Y is it's a less expensive board. 
True. And again, Jay Boston claims, well, this was a demo day. Anybody's welcome to try the board. 100% true. But there's a difference between saying, hey, Maddie, do you want to ride this board? And hey, Maddie, do you want to take this board off by yourself for a few yeah. hours with a camera? Oh, and you're... While I'm not involved at all. Exactly. And your paycheck is coming from Evolve. Everything you do on the clock for Evolve is going to benefit Evolve's bottom line. And again, it comes back to trust. Is is the trust improved or less improved because he gave that board away? Even if there was no official, hey, you can't give this board away. And in my opinion, and I think it's a lot of people's opinion, the trust is now worse because of that decision. Right. Yeah, I mean, budget boards and boards from China are going to be less likely to want to give those boards to YouTubers to use for demonstration purposes, mm -hmm. which ultimately hurts the community because... Yep. With those boards, many of us have no idea of their quality, exactly um, what they represent. Yep, every speck of them is relied upon by getting that information from YouTubers. And let me ask you a question: Do you think that people trust Jay Boston more or less now? I would make the argument that because of his actions, whether mm -hmm. he meant to do harm or not, exactly, is going to ruin that trust. With exactly. China board companies or budget board companies in the future. And now that I see that, you know, and, and let's assume I let's assume I'm just a casual viewer. I'm just shopping around. I don't study this whole situation for hours. All I see is Jay Boston threw another company under the bus. Did he do it for money? You know, uh, and again, I'm, I'm speaking as a double advocate yeah, here. I don't think he made money on this. Um, but now as a casual viewer, I see, oh, Jay Boston just screwed over this other Chinese company. Now that's that's less beneficial for Jay Boston, less trust. Now Chinese boards are going to be less likely to be in his hands. So if he's an unbiased reviewer that can't get boards like he used to, that's that's less beneficial for the community. Yeah, absolutely. And he, I mean, he has quite a few subscribers. I think he has at least 50,000 mm -hmm. people that probably tune in and watch his reviews. He does oh, yeah. many reviews for many different board companies. Absolutely. But now they're going to be less likely to trust him with their pre pre-consumer products. Exactly. And so, and that's my, so that's my official core idea of regardless of what XY said he could or couldn't do with the board, regardless of what his intentions were, trust was broken and it doesn't benefit Jay. It doesn't benefit XY. I don't think it benefits Evolve as much as they thought it would. Their video has more dislikes than likes now. Um, and yeah, now people that, yeah. people think, oh, Evolve did something so shady like this. Like, how could, how could they? Again, so yeah. trust has been lost overall in the community because of this. Now, again, I, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think people will get over it because at the end of the day, it's an electric skateboard. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but again, for for business transactions in a, in a business market to exist, you have to have trust. That's the core of business ethics. That's the core of, you know... Um, business law is there has to be trust that um those transactions can be uh, ethical um and and again just to go back to my my example here my second point would evolve have been cool with jay giving a pre-production model to a chinese company to go use in a video by themselves not likely very i would say impossible now would evolve probably outline some more details than china than a chinese company would maybe back then i'm sure now that the the chinese companies oh, are drafting stuff up um, and, and like I said, this, this is impacting, this is going, this is rippling through Chinese companies. 
I didn't find out about this by Reddit. I didn't find out about this from Jay. Right. I didn't find I, I didn't find out about this by watching the video. <laughs> My phone got blown up at four in the morning with somebody from another Chinese company, not another Chinese Eastgate company, not Xway, saying, "Hey, like this is a huge deal, um, and you know we need to align ourselves against this kind of behavior as Chinese electric skateboard companies." Again, somebody who who would benefit by both of these companies being worse off even said this isn't good right. and we need to stand up for X-Way on this. So this yeah, is how were, big They were more concerned about the implications their region and mm-hmm. the implications of bringing their boards to to product. Exactly. And he said, is this guy on our, you know, is this guy on our list? Do we do we trust him with our products? And I I, I didn't have an answer at the time cuz A it was 4 in the morning and B I hadn't done my research yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um but I was like, man, this is, you know, and, and this is a small industry, man. A lot of these companies all work in the same city. We all know each other through, you know, the online communities. Absolutely. Word travels fast, man. Yeah. A lot more people are friends in this industry than you would think. Well, and that brings a good point. I mean, Jay Boston's been in the industry for years now. About, I think about four years. Four, four, four or five years at least. And doing so of making this product available to evolve is he harming those relationships that he's had for four Mm -hmm. or five years or is he kind of creating camps of people that need to either support jay boston and evolve or support the budget board companies are you creating these camps that are going to eventually butt heads regardless of what happened i mean i think we're we're trying to create these two camps that don't need to exist i think everybody as jay boston said needs to come together and figure out a good solution 100 percent just because someone made a mistake doesn't mean that we can't all benefit and have a better process for the future. Yeah, I think I think long term having more rules in place for for YouTubers and and the boards they have um is beneficial. I think Chinese electric skateboard companies want to be very careful to understand that YouTubers um should be and usually are independent reviewers. Um and different YouTubers have different policies for communicating their feedback and criticisms in their videos. Of course um but i think again giving a pre-production business tool to a competing company to use in their own marketing is not the same as being like hey i'm an independent youtuber and i'm gonna have a demo day right it's it's two different things and 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 that was his point of like oh hey like anybody can try the board 100 percent agree with him 100 percent agree and I've seen it at multiple Eastgate events where different ambassadors or different company owners even um, try out different boards. I was there when Ernesto from Cali NYC tried out a raw day and took yeah, it for absolutely. a zip around Little Italy. Yeah. That is very much different than me giving him a raw day or an Evolve and being like a, pre-produ- a, a, a pre-production one. One yeah. he can't buy. Yeah. One he can't buy yet. And right. saying, hey, do you want to have it for an afternoon by yourself with a camera? The implications are way different. Yeah, absolutely. Way different. Um. And so, yeah, back to what you said um, on my next point, you know, Jay Boston claimed that he's about the community and improving Eastgate, which is fine. I have no reason to believe that's not true. Uh, And he stands largely by what he did. But does he feel that giving a pre-production model skateboard for a competing company to make a video with helps the community as a whole? I think it helps evolve. In this instance, absolutely. There was no specific benefit to X-Way in any way. um, Other than... Maddie Rogers saying, "Yeah, but it's a good price." And again, if if Evolve wants to go to Xway's website and buy a Flex, they can do it, that. It's a free market. 
Right. It's a free market. And again, Jay Boston would say, well, they didn't tell me I couldn't give it to them, which circles back to my first point of if you're about improving the Eastgate community and industry as a whole, you need trust. To trust trust yeah. needs to be held um, to the highest. Ex- exactly right. Um, he, he did mention uh, to kind of he tried to use this analogy of uh, talking about an embargo, like a like a media embargo, and that yeah. once it's lifted, everybody's free to talk about the product. That's a thing, but it's not the same as giving a pre-production iPhone to Samsung before it's available for Samsung to buy it. Right. Even if the pre-production iPhone has been announced, it's different. It's a different scenario. Right. And in that scenario, you would see Apple take whoever gave that production phone oh, to yeah. Samsung. You would see a lawsuit. Oh, absolutely. Um, Cause I you'd be sharing intellectual property or exactly. a business tool or something of that matter. Exactly. And, and again, it's different on, on demo day if he's gonna try it and maybe you know if he whips out his phone and he's filming himself riding it you know there you can't be ridiculous about the the standards especially if it's already been announced i get it yeah everybody knows the board exists people can come try and take pictures with it you can't you can't regulate that kind of stuff but the decision to give him the board by himself for a few hours with the camera is, in my opinion, different than, hey, there's no embargo. People can come try the board out. Right. It's different. And what is Matty Rogers going to do with this board with the camera by himself for a the few hours? The media production of Evolve. person in charge of Evolve. What did you think was going to happen, man? Yeah. Like, and that's just like the frustrating thing of, yes, yeah. I, I... Maybe I, that's I, where the mistake lies. That's the mistake of... What was going to happen? What did we? Th- what was the best case scenario out of that situation? They make a private video and never share it with anybody just to like see what Xway's up to. I don't think Evolve's into that. Evolve wants to make a statement because these budget boards are taking some of their bottom line. At the end of the day, do you think it would have been better for Evolve if they had said, "This is board A. We're not going to say what board it is, but it's board A versus our Evolve," and then remove any logos decals any indication that it actually is an x-way flex maybe not even show the board other than like the side profile or something of that nature sure does that benefit evolve and not harm x-way and then it's okay it's kind of like those car commercials where they like cover up the logo but you can tell what car it is when they're talking about like the competition right um if they did that and the board was already for sale and they had, they bought their own. Yes. But it comes, it circles back to my concept of this being a business tool that was given to Jay Boston. And uh, so in your mind, pre-production business tools should always be off limits to competitors. No matter how small it's pre-production, it's pre-production. It's not done. And even if X-Way didn't claim that there were other changes that were going to be made, like in his, in the email screenshots, he has Jay Boston shows that they're only going to change a couple small things. Right. And not a bunch of big things that evolve tried to point out was wrong with X-Way or wasn't as good compared to evolve. There's that's not Jay Boston's job to decide that. It's not Jay Boston's job to decide that this is close enough to a production model to where a comp- competitor can have it for free for a few hours by themselves with a the camera right. to do Lord knows what. Right. Um, and and that's my final and that brings me to my final conclusion to you know Jay Boston and the whole situation as a whole, as a leader 
in Eastgate as an independent YouTuber, as somebody who is pretty prevalent in Australia Eastgate communities and, and companies, you have a you're held to a higher responsibility. Yeah, you're on absolutely. A, you're on a platform. People trust you, right? Yeah, you're a We're leader talking, of the industry. Exactly. People trust you, and like I talked about, this is trust is is very important here. Um, you have a responsibility. You you after dealing with all these different boards and all these different companies and seeing how this business works with intellectual property and um, how fast this market can change in my opinion you should know to ask permission for x from x-way first even though it wasn't explicitly stated in communications but because it's the right thing to do it's the ethically responsible thing to do it establishes trust with which does benefit the Eastgate industry and community. Yeah, absolutely. Every so if he had done that, if he had asked X Way, scenario A, X Way says, Yeah, that's fine. Cool. We don't have this issue at all because X Way gave permission. Yep. Benefits the Eastgate community and industry because there's trust that's grown. Scenario B, X Way says, Nah man, thank you for asking though. We trust you because you we know now that you wouldn't sell us short and give out a pre production business model to a competing company for a few hours alone with a camera. Right. Trust is now even more established. We're right. gonna give you more products, we're gonna um, entrust you with more business dealings of ours to help the community. So in, in that's in both of those scenarios, the Eastgate community and industry would have been a net that positive. Benefited. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So regardless of, of him, you know, kind of being nitty gritty about, well, they didn't say I couldn't. It, you have a, an ethical obligation as a leader um, in any industry and where people look up to you and people depend on your opinions and your, your testing and your reviews to do the right thing. Do I think Jay Boston was being malicious about it? I don't see any outright evidence, despite all the comments. <laughs> um, I think he made an honest mistake. I, I do. I wish he would admit the mistake. I think that would do a lot to benefit his case. Yep. Um, but he's also not known for that. True. I, he's unapologetic. He mm -hmm. takes risks. I think he's playing into his character at this point. Okay. But at some point, you need to come outside of your character and say, I did make a mistake. I yeah. don't make a lot of mistakes, but I did <laughs> sure. make a mistake. I hear you. Um, and I don't know Jay personally. I All we see is what happens on the videos. And that's why these right. type of situations are so important is because, yeah, we might not know all the nitty gritty details. But if it takes four videos and a couple statements for all this truth to come out, again, is trust being established? Right. Or is trust being lost and people are trying to make up for it really fast Why doing these like official statements and responses? Yeah. And, and again, you know, there's a question to evolve of, hey, should you have taken advantage of this? I know in a business sense, it, it will make sense. Like, yeah, you have a pre-production business model or business tool to right. compare. That's going to get a lot of attention because it's already popular. Was it the right thing to do? No, I think they took advantage of some gray area in legality. And in a lot of other more mature industries with a lot more money and a lot more lawyers, this would have never happened. Right. I promise. Like in the, in the cell phone industry, it would have never happened. Intellectual property, cars, never in a million years. They cover those cars up when they're driving them, test driving them down the street. Yeah, when they're just driving exactly. them down the street. Yeah, they have those skins on them. 
could yeah i mean oh my goodness could you imagine some of those car youtubers if they right. were like hey here's this pre-production ford focus that's not for sale yet yeah. hey gm go you compare want, it to a tesla yeah hey gm <laughs> do you want to go put it in one of your videos and then not tell ford yeah. Yeah. oh my goodness man it would be a it, it would, would be, be a, a lawyer's dream yeah um wow so yeah that's my official statement on it, it at the end of the day it's about trust and we need to start rebuilding trust because there's a lot of Chinese electric skateboard companies that are not feeling the trust right now. And there's yeah. a lot of consumers that are not feeling the trust right now. And um, there's the I, only there's some people that are too. suffering are the consumers because we're going to have less resources from reviewers. Yep. And we're going to have less response and want from the budget mm-hmm. board companies to provide that information to those reviewers where we get 99% of our True. knowledge about these boards that are coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I think we just need to work on that. I don't know the perfect way to do this. And I think a good start would for Jay to admit that he did make a mistake. I don't think anybody will blame him. I don't think he did it with ill intent, but admitting a mistake is mm-hmm. the biggest thing that you can do in his position. Yeah, I'm curious what this is going to do for Jay's relationship with Evolve. If he doubles down and sticks with Evolve, you know, does that is that a net benefit for Jay or is that a net benefit for the Eastgate community like he claims he's about? And that's my question I would ask him is by by doubling down on this, who's it benefiting? I get it. If you legitimately don't think you did anything wrong, I would encourage you to go back and listen to why I think you're wrong. <laughs> but I, yeah, man, I, by doubling down and sticking with, you know, evolve kind of like a, a local company, uh, man, I, I don't know long-term how this will help evolves already, you know, still recovering reputation from the whole GT series. Um, and, and again, no company's perfect. I, I don't know what X way would have done if Jay Boston handed them a pre-production business tool of Evolves. I don't know. There's a, a large part of me that says, yeah, X-Way would have, t- would have run with it and made a huge video with it. I, I, I legitimately don't know. But I can't, we'll I can't, know. I can't prove that. Obviously now they would say, well, we would never do that. We would never do that. Right. And I would never want them to. Yeah. I can't, I can't prove either way, but when I reverse the scenario, it shows the ethical issues of the situation. When you reverse the positions Absolutely. of the companies. In my, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, I guess on that note, I'd like to say, Jay Boston, if you do want to meet with us, let us know. We'd be happy to hear your side of the story and of talk course. about the situation a little bit more. If not, that's totally fine, too. You have your own show and your own community that you want to take care of. And I yep. I don't have any ill will against you or Evolve or X-Way. Nope. Um, I just more so wanted to hear opinions and find out more information about the, the whole situation. Absolutely. I think it was I think it was obviously beneficial that both X-Way and J Boston came out with their statements about the scenario. Um that doesn't mean I think J Boston's right, but it added more context to the situation that allowed me to make a better decision on the situation and coming down to my my core belief on um trust being the most important factor in the situation here for the yeah. benefit of the Eastgate community. So yeah, that's my uh that's probably my final statement on it unless more facts come out. No, and I think that summed it up pretty well. Um, I guess on that note, I'd like to also kind of tie in um, another podcaster. Um, okay. Sam from Australia he has his own yep. show and his he own does. Uh, 
articles and things like that that he's he been covering. Yep. He just recently posted a really great article on the LaCroix Stormcore ESC. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to Sam for putting that together. It's phenomenally written. Um, it's very high quality. He goes into some details. Um, and I'm really hoping that he gets a chance to speak with Alex um, and the team that came up with the new Stormcore ESC. I'm really excited to see what comes out of it. Um, rumor is it can support up to a 20S battery. Which I don't is, think that's a rumor. Isn't that an official I mean, post? that might be the official posting, but regardless, that's some insane range that we're talking about. Yeah, the uh, I think it bodes well for the Eastgate community as a whole. Uh, a lot of companies look like they're going to be taking advantage of it. Um, and, you know, obviously the testing isn't done, but we're, we're cautiously optimistic here. Uh, the app looks amazing. I believe the person that developed the app is the leader of San Francisco Eastgate, Bay Area Eastgate. Um, so yeah, there was a team of people involved, um, mm-hmm. and all of them have pretty extensive background uh, working with ESCs, batteries, yep. apps, all sorts of different things. So, again, check out Sam's article on it, um, and also feel free to check out uh, LaCroix and mm-hmm. what they're going to be doing with the Stormcore. I know most of our top DIY companies or small batch companies like BioBoards, yep. uh, LaCroix, um, all, all of them are looking at the Stormcore as the future um, and kind of stepping away from the Fockbox unity. And of course, just like in any you know market with competition, uh, the Stormcore, by raising the standard, will elicit a response from other ESCs. We're going to see you know uh, more reliability, better signal connection. Um, you know, if they're compatible with bigger batteries, hopefully that brings about indirectly bigger batteries More range. Yeah, exactly absolutely. um and i was talking to uh an east an electric skateboard kind of co-owner uh for a company uh, last night and i was talking i was like hey you, you know pay attention to Stormcore," and they they said you know we are we're waiting for the the all the test results you know the initial right. test results look good but we're waiting for all the test results right. because you don't want to sink tens of thousands of dollars into an electronic and then you get it to the customers and one little thing's wrong and you got to start all over and and the other interesting thing that he told me and i'm only allowed to say a little bit but he said that there are other electric uh how do i put this there are other companies that make electric components for e-boards that are going to be taking the storm core head on so there's going to be competition for the storm core which is what, great. Exactly. There's it, it, nothing better for the consumer than competition. It's going to hold the Stormcore accountable. It means that we might get a similar ESC for a similar price or cheaper price. And um, and again, just by Stormcore raising the bar in ESC, if that makes competitors raise their bar too, like you said, that benefits the consumer. Um, so the Stormcore, I think, is kind of the first raindrop in a storm of ESCs to come. Oh, that was beautiful. I know, right? I didn't, I didn't plan that at all. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, uh, since we did mention BioBoards briefly, we're going to finish our night with: Is BioBoards still your top board? Another bi- week down, and they still haven't released <laughs> any real information on the Thorium. I mean, I think bio. I, I mean, if you look at all the different components they have on their their Instagram page, there's enough there that you could put together a board. I just don't think. I think they're not counting their. They chickens did announce before they you'll hatch. get some stickers. Ooh, I'm in. You're gonna, you're gonna get some BioBoard stickers when you order uh, a Thorium. Ooh, okay. Now I'm in. No. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so normally, so yes, I'm sticking with bio boards, but I do want to give a shout out to Metro Board this week. 
Um, Because I was looking at the Metro Board X last night. Yeah. And looking at all the different components, all the details that makes that board so incredible. And then the price, and it blows my mind to say nowadays that I'm looking at a $2,500 skateboard and being like, oh, yeah, this is like the new normal. Um, Obviously, this is not a budget board. But if you compare the Metro Board X to the board it it competes with the most, um, I think it it fights above its weight uh, weight law or what's it called uh, the weight uh, division high mm-hmm. enough to to get into the Lacroix bioboards level of things for the average rider. But for a couple hundred dollars more, if you're if you're shopping for a company like Evolve, man. The Metro board brings a lot to the table yeah, absolutely. and it's, and it's not far away from evolve. It's really not. And you're basically doubling the range of any board in that price range. Yep. Um, and the Metro board is a high quality board. It comes with a one year warranty. I mean, they, they have seven day satisfaction guaranteed and similar to uh, many of the other companies, they will give you support over the phone, Skype, mm-hmm. email yep. um, to try and make sure that your board is always up and running if you look, if you look right there in your computer, um, they're ri- second to last bullet point. How does the MetroBoard X compare to the Evolve GTR? So MetroBoard's not dumb; they know they know their they- market exactly. And MetroBoard's been around since I think two thousand and four. Yeah, it's they've been around a long time. They've been around a long time. They're made in the USA. Yeah. Um, and I've seen people that are affiliated with other electric skateboard companies speak very highly of metro board nobody's without their faults no you know every board obviously in the past has improved over the years so i think it's safe to say that metro board with boosted being gone metro board is another another void or another option for this void to be filled uh sam did tell me that on his uh last podcast that that metro board is coming out with a boosted style board that they're coming out with another another electric skateboard here pretty quick well, I love the buzz. The more we hear about more companies competing, the better. Again, mm-hmm. every time you see competition, it's always going to benefit you, the consumer. Yep. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what MetroBoard has to come. Um, but if you have to put MetroBoard versus BioBoard, what oh, is going to be your hands down BioBoard? I might need a seatbelt, but 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 BioBoard. <laughs> BioBoards is still raining. Yeah, all man, right, I'm ready. Well, I am excited to find out more about this Metro board that you talked about. Um, again, glad BioBoards is up there, but I'd love to see a completed product by them. I know things are delayed uh, due to all the manufacturing issues going on right now, oh, but yeah. uh, BioBoards, give us something. Give us a complete deck in use. That's yeah. what I want to see on your Instagram in the next two, three weeks. Yeah, uh, the way Sam phrased it. Uh, they're coming out with a boosted style form factor. Okay. Just similar to how the Metro Board X would be considered to be a similar form factor to the Evolve GTR, but outdoes them in specs and, and maybe quality and, and customer service. Are, are we seeing something similar with that with the boosted style form factor for somebody that's not into carbon fiber and you yeah. know, big wheels? Yeah, a nice bamboo deck would be a nice change of pace from Metro Board. They've had some pretty firm decks uh, recently, so it'd be nice to see them experiment with something that's a little bit more flexible um a little bit more of that bamboo form factor so absolutely looking forward to it though all right well that ties us up for episode four uh this will be a two-part episode um so if you are listening to the second half first 
please check out our interview with Joe from Chicago. Um, and again, thank you, Joe, for taking the time to interview with us. Um, until next time, uh, we are Electric Skatecast. You can follow us on Instagram at Electric Skatecast. Um, and feel free to give us any feedback um, as you see fit. And new topics. We're always we're always listening. My DMs are always open. Um, please give us give us the the tea. Give us up you know news. Um, we're, we're always listening, and our DMs are always open to be slidden into for more e-skate stuff. All right. Until next time, this is Electric Skatecast signing out. Peace. <laughs>